TCL is a proud sponsor of the 1500 ESPN Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. This is information not being reported by anyone else. You want the scoop? Here it is with Darren Doogie Wolfson. This Manic Monday, the 22nd of October, brings you Scoop Podcast episode 180. I meant to do episode 180 late last week, but Vinny Del Negro was a late scratch, and then I couldn't line up schedules with Rick Spielman, the Vikings general manager. I wanted to talk to him heading into the weekend's game with J.D. Spielman, his son, Nebraska star receiver, facing off against the Gophers, but that that was more on me. I had to take a couple days off. I have some vacation days to burn on the TV side. Then with the older son, with MEA not having school. Heck, he actually didn't have school all last week, but we didn't sign him up for in-school care, whatever it's called, later in the week. It was by design, so I knew I was out of the office Thursday and Friday. At some point, I need to get the technology where I can record these bad boys from the home front. But for the time being, I record these in the Hubbard Broadcasting Studio, so it was tough to match up schedules where I would be in front of a microphone and I could get Rick Spielman on the phone, but we'll get Rick on before the Viking season is over or certainly before Nebraska season is over. It may not be this week, but it'll be at some point. Plus, I've got some other ideas that will come to fruition soon. I was texting with Brian Windhorst, who's been on this podcast plenty. He was at Target Center on Friday, so we'll have Windy on at some point, maybe later this week plus Tim Legler of ESPN, and I reached out to Ryan Suter of the Wild, who will play this week in his 1,000th NHL game. He was kind enough to join us on a Scoop podcast before the season. I think we'll be able to connect with him at some point, if not this week, in the coming weeks. So that means this episode is a rarity, something I actually need to do more often, a notes-only podcast. So no guests here on Scoop Podcast episode 180. This episode is brought to you in part by Fair State Brewing. Fair State Brewing Cooperative is the Upper Midwest's first member-owned brewery. They specialize in delicious sours, lagers, and hoppy ales. This month, the month of October, Fair State Brewing has re-released Mirror Universe, a double dry-hopped hazy IPA brewed with wheat, oats, citra mosaic, and El Dorado hops. It was a limited offering in the spring, And from now on, Mirror Universe will be available year-round. Look for Mirror Universe at your local bars and liquor stores, or stop by Fair State Brewing's taproom in northeast Minneapolis at Lowry and Central. Fair State Brewing. Let's start with the Twins' search for a new manager. We are inching closer to the Twins making an official announcement. I can advance the story by telling you that Rocco Baldelli, Rays Field Coordinator, is in the Twin Cities today, Monday, the 22nd of October, for a second interview. I was told he was very impressive. Hey, no shock when you're called back for a second interview. I am told he was very impressive in his first interview. My sense is it is down to Baldelli, Derek Shelton, the current bench coach, and Cubs bench coach, Brandon Hyde. Now, while Hyde is not the betting favorite right now, as of Monday afternoon, he had not been told that he is out of this thing. So as we record this thing on Monday evening, relatively early evening, the 22nd of October, I can tell you that as of now, Hyde, because he hasn't been told he's out, has to be considered still in. As for Astros bench coach Joe Espada and where he stands in all this, plus David Ross, I don't have an update on David Ross. So maybe David Ross is very much in 
in this. There is silence on David Ross, though. As for Espada, signs are pointing to him getting the job in Toronto. I was told by somebody close to this managerial search that the Twins are exhaustive, that it is a thorough, thorough, thorough process. This individual said he's been a part of other managerial searches, that this has to rank right up there for a team being as thorough as any he has ever seen. So credit, I guess, to the Twins front office, Derek Falvey, Thad, Levine, others, for doing their due diligence, doing their homework. No stone will be left unturned. Now, I will add that Shelton and Baldelli are close, relatively close. I don't know how to quantify exactly how close they are, but they did spend a number of years together in the Rays organization. The Twins do have a healthy opinion of Derek Shelton. So is the scenario that one of them is the manager, the other is the bench coach? Would Baldelli leave Tampa to become a bench coach here? Or is it logical to think that Baldelli would be the manager and Shelton would be the bench coach. But nonetheless, where I can advance everything is at this point that Baldelli is known to be in the Twin Cities on Monday for a second interview. You get a second interview, you are far down the road. You are certainly one of the finalists. Whether it's Thursday, a travel day in the World Series, or immediately after the World Series, we should have news relatively soon of who the next Twins manager will be also on the twins front i'm told they had 11 scouts that's a sizable number at last week's perfect game event in jupiter many top 2019 draft eligible players took part in said event it's a yearly event it's a huge event every team is represented there but for the twins to have 11 scouts that's a good number also what else did i write down the twins have told a number of folks including hensley mullins others that they are out they never did reach out on sandy alomar jr remember he was a hot name heck i'm surprised i thought they would they never did reach out to sandy alomar jr also i have written down in my notes that nobody ever reached out on paul molitor signs still point to him he was actually at the Wolves game on Friday. He's doing well, I'm told. Signs still point to him not accepting a job in the Twins organization, but that might be a little bit of a fluid situation, but that more than likely he will take some time off and recuperate after a trying few years working for the Twins. Enjoyable at times, certainly trying and challenging, especially with the regime change in the middle when Terry Ryan was dismissed and Derek Falvey and Thad Levine were brought in. Also written down in my notes, Eduardo Escobar, the Arizona Diamondbacks, announced on Monday that they have signed Escobar to a three-year deal. A source with the Diamondbacks confirmed it's a three-year deal worth $21 million. Now, on an annual basis, he is getting a raise. Eduardo Escobar has not made that much money on a per-year basis. But to commit this early, to not test the market, is interesting. Now, we know how goofy, how weird the market was last year. So I'm sure his agent had some sort of sense that maybe he wasn't getting much beyond that. To take three years, good security right now, to make more money than he had made previously, hey, take the deal. And I know that Escobar enjoyed his time in Arizona. So you like the environment there. They offer you long-term security on a three-year deal. They offer you more money than you had been making on a year-to-year basis, so you're getting a raise. Hey, why not commit to it? Take all the pressure off the free agent market. But I can tell you, the Twins had all sorts of interest in a reunion, and presumably other teams 
would have had interest too. So we'll just have to always wonder if Escobar could have gotten maybe a little bit more than 321. Maybe not significantly more, maybe not a four-year deal, but could he have gotten 327 or even 330? That remains a mystery, one that we'll never quite be able to answer. But I can tell you that the Twins absolutely would have had interest in a reunion with Escobar if he had hit the open market. On the Vikings front, I'll say this much. My sense is that this will be a very interesting week. I will say stay tuned. We'll leave it at that for now. But I've got some other Vikings things written down of all the guys heard on Sunday. My sense is that Xavier Rhodes, his ankle is the most concerning. It doesn't appear that any of the guys, Herc Compton, Barr, Rhodes, are out for the season. Anything drastic like that, long-term injuries. Plus, heck, think about the injuries they had entering the game. Dalvin Cook was close the week before then isn't able to go, so they are very dinged up. But of all the guys that got hurt in Sunday's win in New Jersey against the Jets, Rhodes, of all the guys that went down in-game, is the one to keep an eye on the most. He should be back at some point. Maybe it's... Heck, maybe it's as soon as Sunday against Drew Brees and New Orleans. He's not lost for the season, but I do know that there's some internal concern on Rhodes as of Monday early afternoon. I'm sure as I'm taping this Monday here, what time is it now? Close to 7 o'clock. I'm sure they know internally what the status is. They just have not leaked said status. But I'm telling you, as you look ahead to Sunday night, it should be fun. Vikings and Saints, you think about the two seed in the NFC, all sorts of playoff ramifications. Heck, the Vikings are still fighting for their playoff lives. If you just look at the division race, still have five division games to go. But if you're thinking bigger picture, the race to home field advantage in the NFC, okay, the Rams look like the front runner in that regard. But then you look at the two seed, who can get that first round by? I would say that two seed is still right there for the taking, and the Vikings and New Orleans are two teams fighting for that two seed. The trade deadline in the NFL is October 30th. No sense yet that the Vikings are hot and heavy on any front. Part of the issue, well, two things, twofold. Rick Spielman, the GM, doesn't like to give up draft picks. Not that he won't. We saw the Sam Bradford trade. We've seen other instances where he'll give up a draft pick. So never say never, but he's reluctant to give up draft picks. Plus, the Vikings cap-wise are up against it now. They could always restructure guys. But you need to have that player on board, that agent on board. So it's not as simple as saying, oh, just restructure Kyle Rudolph or restructure Harrison Smith. It's not that simple. But you can always create extra cap space by restructuring contracts. Speaking of Spielman, before the Vikings-Jets game on Sunday, he scoured the Rutgers-Northwestern game in New Jersey on Saturday. All right, to Gophers football, some close to quarterback Tanner Morgan anticipate that Tanner will make his first collegiate start on Friday night. Remember, it's a Friday night game this week. The Gophers hosting the Indiana Hoosiers. Zach Anikstead left at halftime of Saturday's loss in Lincoln against Nebraska with what P.J. Fleck called an internal injury. A lot of things were tested at the hospital. The tests came back negative, so he did fly home with the team. And injuries are always fluid. It's always tricky, especially, what, multiple days before the game. But I would say as I sit here on Monday night, 
If I had to bet, I would say there's a better chance than not that Morgan certainly gets snaps and is in line or likely will be in line to start to start against the Indiana Hoosiers. The Gophers still need three more victories to become bowl eligible. Also, on Monday afternoon, I was over on campus and went to P.J. Flex News Conference. He certainly made it sound like defensive back Antonio Chenault, who got hurt in the Nebraska game will miss some time. I know there's a lot of frustration. I see it on social media. Now, oftentimes it's immediately after a game when people are overly emotional, but a lot of people upset with Rob Smith, the Gophers defensive coordinator. You have experienced guys on defense missing so many assignments, whether it's been the rush at times in Big Ten games or the past. The Gophers have been out of position so often. Many guys have gone untouched for touchdowns. And I don't think they thought internally that it would be quite this bad. But I can tell you there's a reason why on the Mackey and Judd show in August at the State Fair, I predicted five wins. I actually think they can still get the six. Maybe I'm delusional. Maybe I look at Indiana, Illinois, and finding a way against either Purdue or Northwestern, as tough as those games will be. Maybe I'm delusional. But I actually still think that there's a tiny chance they can get the six. But there's a reason why I predicted five wins Before the season, I was told by multiple people there that they felt like that this was going to be a long year. But their message to me was what I'll tell you now that, hey, look at our track record of recruiting. We're bringing in really good athletes. Look at the schools we beat out. Heck, look at Rashad Bateman, for example, stud freshman wide receiver. Everybody sees how good he is. The Georgia Bulldogs, who had just played in the national championship game. Came in last second. They wanted home state Rashad Bateman. He's from the state of Georgia. The Georgia Bulldogs, Kirby Smart, wanted Bateman. He told them no. He stayed committed to the Gophers. So this coaching staff, this regime can recruit. So the message was, hey, we may not be all that good this year, but give us some time. 2019, maybe more so 2020, we have a chance to be Pretty darn good. So I get it if you're feigning interest in Gophers football right now. Heck, you can feign interest the rest of this season. I get it. But I'm just telling you, there is a reason to believe that they have a chance based on their recruiting track record, based on their current commitments, looking at the 2019 recruiting class, the recruits they brought in this year. You think about Daniel Falele and Rashad Bateman and Terrell Smith. Go up and down the list, going back a couple years. You know, Chris Altman-Bell, just I'm telling you, look at all the guys. Demetrius Douglas, he scored his first collegiate touchdown. Demetrius Douglas, who had an Oregon offer, could start for many Big Ten teams. He is the Gophers' number four receiver. He is a dynamic player. So look at the guys that they have been able to recruit, guys that they've already brought in, guys they'll bring in next year, guys they'll bring in in the 2020 class. There is still a strong sense internally that they can win. Not this year, but they can win More so next year than maybe more so looking at 2020. The Browns, Packers, and Dolphins were the NFL teams to scout Saturday's Gophers-Nebraska game. Also on the Shannon Brooks front, the city attorney's office, Minneapolis city attorney's office, is expected to make a charging decision by the end of this week. That came into the Channel 5 newsroom on Monday morning. Where I'll add to that is I sense that there will be some people surprised if charges are filed doesn't mean that it's a lock that charges won't be filed i cannot account for the minneapolis city attorney's office side i'm just telling you those close to shannon brooks will be surprised if ultimately charges are filed all right moving on to the wolves still the question i get more than anything out and about hey what's new on jimmy butler 
When will the Wolves trade Jimmy Butler? As of now, there is nothing going on on the Jimmy Butler trade front. In fact, one team that has all sorts of interest has had all sorts of interest in Jimmy going back a month, going back to the day he made his trade demand. This team told me via text on Monday afternoon, we have not talked to the Wolves recently. And it's not a surprise that Tom Thibodeau has no interest in trading Jimmy Butler. If I had to bet, I would still bet on Jimmy Butler eventually getting traded because owner Glenn Taylor realizes that they need to get something back for the asset. So owner Glenn Taylor at some point will become more involved. Still right now, he's deferring to Scott Layden and Tom Thibodeau to handle trading queries, to be aggressive, to reach out to teams, to say, hey, are you sure you don't want Jimmy? Or, hey, are you interested in Jimmy? What are you willing to do? But as I sit here on October 22nd, I have no sense whatsoever that any Jimmy Butler trade is even remotely close. The trade deadline is in early February. So this thing may go all the way until February 6th or 7th. And as of now, owner Glenn Taylor isn't heavily involved, but I'm telling you, my sense is at some point he will become heavily involved. On Derrick Rose, I get it. Phil Mackey, others upset that he shoots the ball so much that he plays so much. But I'm just telling you, bottom line, as long as Tom Thibodeau is running the Wolves, Derrick Rose is going to play a lot. And when he plays, he has the green light to take many shots. So whether you like it or not, you look at the defense suffering when he's on the floor, I get all that. And I'm not sharing my opinion one way or another. Although, heck, attacking Derrick Rose is an enjoyable Derrick Rose to watch. I mean, that game on Saturday, even though defense was minimal all across the board, not just Rose, the game in Dallas, watching him attack the basket is fun to watch. But I'm just telling you, wherever you stand on Rose, it's not going to change. He is going to play a lot, and when he plays, he is going to take a high volume of shots. Also on the Wolves, and whether they'll play a guy, not play a guy, I was at shoot-around on Monday morning. I did ask Tom Thibodeau about Josh Okogie. He said he liked what Josh provided on Saturday with Jimmy Butler out, but he was still determining whether Okogie would enter the rotation. In other words, like Monday night against the Pacers, Wednesday against the Raptors, Friday against the Bucks, more than likely when Jimmy Butler is in the lineup and no sense that Jimmy is sitting out any games this week, no back-to-backs this week, that when Jimmy's in the lineup, they will stick to a nine-man rotation. That nine-man rotation does not include Okogie. It just hit me. I'll check on this for episode 181. The Wolves have until the end of the month to exercise the third-year option on Justin Patton's contract. He is still out for many months. He missed, of course, most of last season recovering from a foot injury. It's the same foot again. He's a promising player when healthy, but he can't stay healthy. Big men with foot injuries is never a good thing, but you would think they would exercise the third-year option, but I will certainly check on that in the coming days before I record episode 181. On the local basketball front that doesn't include the Wolves on the Gophers, it's encouraging to hear that Amir Coffey started at point guard for the Gophers in their scrimmage victory over Creighton in Omaha on Saturday. I've been begging for years, play Amir Coffey at point guard. He can be a facilitator. He is a great passer. He is a great decision maker. He creates matchup problems. 
but we hadn't seen it until now. It certainly appears, even if Marcus Carr becomes eligible and on Carr, as of Monday, the Gophers still have not heard from the NCAA. Carr trying to be eligible right away. I would say that still internally, there is optimism. It's cautious optimism. But the NCAA has been a little bit more liberal now compared to other years in giving out waivers for guys to be eligible immediately. So the Gophers still are crossing their fingers that Marcus Carr, the Pittsburgh transfer, will be eligible immediately. If he is, he will play a lot. He is a good point guard. He averaged in double figures last year in the ACC at Pittsburgh. But if he is not eligible, that means that Amir Coffey absolutely will play a good amount of point guard. I love hearing that. Andre Jackson, unfortunate. He decommitted from the Gophers late last week. He was their only commitment to date for the class of 2019. The word is Missouri who he committed to about four seconds after he decommitted from the Gophers, was in his ear nonstop. Now, the Gophers sent somebody to visit with Jackson last week. They could not convince him. It was far too late. Why he ever committed to the Gophers in the first place is a fair question to ask because apparently Mizzou was on him the whole time. Mizzou felt like they had him the whole time. He then commits to the Gophers. Mizzou still felt like, I'm told, they had him. And now they do. He's a top 100 recruit. And heck, the Gophers will miss out on having a top 100 recruit unless something shocking happens and Matthew Hurt turns his attention back to the Gophers. He's always paying attention to the Gophers because older brother Michael is on the roster. But the Gophers are still a long shot in the Matthew Hurt Derby. But still, they can end up with some good players. Heck, David Roddy of Breck is still sitting out there. He took his official visit to Northwestern a couple weeks ago, and I hear Northwestern will be a tough beat. He's not someone who has to stay home. He is open-minded to leaving the state. So Northwestern does have some other commitments. So how will he view that situation? The Gophers could use David Roddy. So who knows? Maybe Trey Jackson, a forward decommitting, will be good news on the David Roddy front. But I'm led to believe that his Northwestern visit went well, that Northwestern won't be impossible to beat, but will be relatively difficult. Plus, hey, David is such a good quarterback that I'm told he is still open-minded to playing football in college. The University of Wyoming has made him an offer. If you want more on David Roddy, he was on episode, I don't know, sometime in late September, mid-September. If you go back about five, six, seven episodes, you can hear my interview with David Roddy, but he's not eliminated the idea of playing football in college. While basketball still remains the favorite, it's not like he said no way, no how on football. He's expected to make up his mind at some point after the football season. It might bleed into the basketball season, but it won't be anytime super soon. So maybe the Gophers, heck, Richard Patino crossing his fingers that he can land David Roddy. So we'll wait and see if Maybe there's a chance that the Gophers can land David Roddy. On Zeke Najee of Hopkins, the 2019 forward, one of the top 35 players in the country. I got some pictures from his dad from the UCLA official visit over the weekend. He actually got to meet Russell Westbrook, the Oklahoma City Thunder. We're practicing on campus, so he got his picture with Westbrook. He got his picture with Mo Cheeks. He had a good time with Steve Alford and the UCLA Bruins. He also met some Houston Rockets. The Rockets were in town to play the Lakers and the Clippers. So Zeke Naji ran into the Rockets as well. So pretty cool official visit when you're running into multiple NBA teams. He still has official visits to Baylor, then Purdue to go. Then Naji will make his collegiate decision sometime in late November, around Thanksgiving time, maybe the day or two before 
Thanksgiving. He is down to the final five of Kansas, Arizona, UCLA, Baylor, and Purdue. He has already taken official visits to, as I mentioned, UCLA, Arizona, and Kansas. So he still has Baylor first up, and then he'll finish his official visits at Purdue. Nebraska, the Cornhuskers, Tim Miles, Jim Molinari, and company will have a representative at East Ridge's gym on Monday evening to watch stud junior Ben Carlson, who the Gophers and many others also want. Nebraska has offered Carlson, and if you want to hear more from Ben, he was on Scoop Podcast episode 179. I will leave you with this. Paige Becker's one of the best basketball players in the country in the class of 2020 Hopkins star. All she has left to do on her resume is to win a state championship. The Hopkins girls are loaded this year. They have four players with Gophers offers. Paige Beckers can go to any school in the country that she wants to. UConn wants her. Notre Dame wants her. She can name the school that she goes to. Gino Ariema of UConn has been to town multiple times. He is salivating at the thought of landing Hopkins Paige Beckers. While she was at the Gophers scrimmage at Williams Arena on Saturday, she is spending a good amount of time on campus getting to know Lindsey Whalen and the new staff, seeing how they run practice, just how they run their operation. The Gophers are still a long shot in the Beckers Derby, but certainly the presence of a star like Lindsey Whalen puts the Gophers on Paige's radar. There's still a ways to go in her recruitment. There's no sense that she's committing anytime soon. I mean, heck, you're looking at probably about a year from now, maybe over the summer, but still a good 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 months until Paige Beckers commits somewhere. But certainly, Lindsey Whalen at least gives the Gophers a chance at one of the best players in Minnesota high school basketball, girls basketball history. Paige Beckers just won a 3-on-3 three three gold medal with Team USA in Argentina last week. She has played on USA's under-16 team, under-17 team. She is a phenomenal player for her summer team, her AAU team, that she led to a championship. Her resume is off the charts. I'm telling you, the only thing she has left to accomplish from a team standpoint is to win a state championship. So keep an eye on the Hopkins girls basketball team this year. All right, that'll do it for episode 180. We thank our sponsors, Fair State Brewing and MyBookie, MyBookie.com, B-O-O-K-I-E. They offer all sorts of great deals. Heck, you think about all the states that have now legalized sports betting. It's inevitable that at some point it'll be legalized here in Minnesota, but right now it's not. But hey, you can bet online. MyBookie, MyBookie.com. They have extraordinary reviews. Google MyBookie, MyBookie reviews. You'll read phenomenal reviews. I'm telling you, who you bet with is just as important as who you are betting on. MyBookie has a great reputation. You play, you win, you get paid. MyBookie, MyBookie.com. When you sign up, use the promo code SCOOP. Promo code SCOOP, and you get all sorts of cool stuff thrown your way. They will match you deposit dollar for dollar. Think about that. They will match you deposit dollar for dollar. MyBookie mybookie.com. Use the promo code SCOOP. All right, that does it. We are done. A notes-only Scoop podcast. I need to do more of these. Episode 
180 is in the books. I'll be back at some point, maybe later this week, if I can find a microphone or at some point in the near future with episode 181. In fact, as I was taping this, I was swapping text messages with Randy Whitman, the former Wolves coach. So he will be on a future Scoop podcast. So I will start lining up all sorts of great basketball guests in addition to already the great list we've had in the last handful of weeks, even going back two and a half years, but certainly David Thorpe and others going back the last couple weeks. So continue to listen to the Scoop Podcast because I greatly appreciate it. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Hola, soy Andrés Cantor y los invito a ver la Copa Mundial de la FIFA. Vive cada jugada y emocionate con nosotros porque el Mundial lo es todo. Del 20 de noviembre al 18 de diciembre en español por Telemundo y Peacock.